This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. On a continent struggling with COVID-19 vaccine supplies, suddenly deciding to put one already in the field out of use could seem a bit baffling. And that's how some doctors in the UK have been describing several European countries' decision to suspend the rollout of the Oxford AstraZeneca jab. Nevertheless, that's the course being taken by Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Sweden and Latvia. It should be noted it's also being paused in Thailand. The World Health Organization's meeting to review the injection safety and new guidelines are expected this week. But what's the problem? It's to do with claims of a link between that version of the vaccine and blood clots. But AstraZeneca says that after 17 million doses being given in the UK and Europe, there have been fewer than 40 cases of blood clots reported. The European Medicines Agency says there's no indication of the link. I'm joined now by Dr. Will Budd, a clinical research physician at Imperial College London. First of all, is the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine safe? Yes, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine is safe uh, and there's lots of reasons why we know it's safe. Um, first of all, the trials are specifically designed, first of all, um, to determine its safety. And you do that throughout the entirety of the trials from the phase one, phase two and phase three parts. Um, and it's only at the end that you actually look how effective it is. First, you determine its safety. Um, and then with the yellow card scheme, which is when people have their vaccine in the community now as part of the rollout, people can then um, report any side effects they may have. We still monitor to see if there's any side effects. Um, but ultimately, we wouldn't be rolling out a vaccine in the UK if we did not have the belief that it was safe. But this is quite a large number of countries that have paused the use of this particular vaccine. I mean, they're not doing that for no reason, are they, Will? No, no. So um, this is a good example of something which we call pharmacovigilance. Um, and that is something you do both in trials and, and you do it um, all the time. Even doctors do it all the time as your general practice. Um, and that's to look to see if there is anything unusual or to see if there's anything concerning. Just because something happens doesn't always mean it's linked. Um, and that's what, the in this case, they've seen some blood clots. Uh, and the first thing you do is determine if there's a link. Um, And now one of the ways you can do that, or one of the early ways you can do that, is you look how many blood clots you would expect there to be uh, in a certain population. So say if you take 5 million people, how many blood clots would you expect to happen, you know, in a given time period? 
And then you compare that to how many blood clots have happened in that number of people in the same time period, but if they've had the vaccine. So we compare numbers between those who haven't had the vaccine and those who have had the vaccine. Uh, and there you can determine if there's a link, because if the rate or the number of people getting, in this example, blood clots has increased in those having the vaccine, then you start to question if there is a cause there. Um, and now what they've looked at in terms of the data so far, so the um, MHRA, which are the UK medical uh, medicine regulators, they've actually seen that there's no difference between the number of blood clots for those getting the vaccine and those who have not had the vaccine. Um, so that suggests that there's no increased risk. And if there's no increased risk, that normally suggests um, that there's obviously no link there, because if there was a link, you'd have increased risk. So you are anticipating these countries that have suspended its use, they'll, they'll go back to using it again fairly soon, I'd imagine. Yes, yes. So, you know, every country does things differently. And, uh, you know, it's a good example, as I said, of people looking at data all the time to make sure things are safe. In some countries, they choose to stop um, rollouts of things if they, if they think that there's a link there. Uh, so they're well within their right to stop. And, you know, it's uh, ultimately we want to be safe as possible. Uh, and that's the way that they are doing it. Um, you know, in the UK, we also look at these things all the time. We keep on um analyzing to see if there's links and things like that so um you know it's just a different way of doing it but um they come to their decision when they come to their decision and i expect them to um, carry on with the rollout and the who is having a meeting this afternoon i think they're going to be releasing some new guidelines on thursday i mean they've so far been pretty bullish about astrazeneca haven't they they've said it is safe Yes, yeah, but uh, you know the who, uh, you know the the pinnacle of um of medicine really in terms of licensing, regulatory stuff, and and moving forwards with new um, medicines and. You know, if lots of people are saying it's safe, then it's something that we should should believe and should um should respect. Um, and we should also respect the country's decision and how they do things as well. And um, you know, things don't always align how um different countries practice medicine, but ultimately we all do it for the same reason. Um, and I think it will come apparent when they uh, more discussion between the countries happens. But when these kinds of decisions are made, it does worry some people. It does upset some people do you think the way that they're announced could be better do you think there's enough explanation going into these things so as not to make people unduly worried yeah absolutely i think that's been one of the things that's been highlighted during the coronavirus pandemic um you know how things have been reported there's a certain way you can do it that that can without without meaning to cause um excess fear um obviously people are going to worry and, and that's okay um but i think whenever you give information you should give all the information and you should explain it in a way that is understandable to everyone um you know so the medical statistics are things that are, are quite difficult to understand and, and, and explaining why decisions are made uh, and you should put people at ease that way but you can be worried and it's okay to be worried it's just make sure that if you do have questions that you get them answered uh, and that you're comfortable um, before you get the vaccine um, if you so wish lockdown is sort of coming to an end or at least we know how it's going to be coming to an end people should though still be maintaining vigilance against this infection shouldn't they yes absolutely um you know the vaccine doesn't work straight away you don't walk out that door without protection that's something to bear in mind it could come and take a couple of weeks and, and obviously you should be aware of people around you who haven't been vaccinated you don't want to put them at risk so um you know follow the guidelines um as the government may can change them uh, protect yourselves and protect others uh, and the sooner we get vaccinated and, and the safer we are now um the quicker we are we will be getting out of the pandemic and the quicker we can return to life to normal because uh, we all want that to happen as soon as possible.
We have much more on this story in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Follow the live blog for breaking news. Let's do the ads now. Hit that follow button to make sure you never miss out on our news, interviews, features and analysis. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Partially hidden by screens, Prince Philip was helped into the back of a black BMW at the King Edward VII Hospital earlier and then driven off to be reunited with the Queen. It's been nearly a month since he was first admitted for an infection and a heart condition. The Evening Standard's Jonathan Prince, among our journalists who've been covering this story. And Jonathan, it is a relief that he's out after what must be one of his longest stays in hospital for a really long time. Oh, by far. Uh, yes, so the longest he's spent in hospital throughout, throughout his life, 28 days in all. Obviously, it took him quite a long time as a 99-year-old man to recover from the procedure that he had um, in early March. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons for the length of the stay. And there had been quite a lot of concern from mostly because of his age at 99 years old. I'm sure that the royal family, the Queen in particular, will be happy to, to be getting him back home now. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, a, it's a little bit of good news for the royals that it, it, during a month that's been almost universally grim really for for the queen and and her family he, you know he's a very robust although as you say a very elderly man but he he, he does seem very robust and he's, he's come through this and would have could have ended in a, in a very different way for for people of his age and, and often does but yeah i mean she will obviously be delighted to to have him home it's, as I said, it's been a very trying period with the um, the fallout from the whole um, the, the Meghan and, and Harry interview last week has been incredibly traumatic for the royal family. I think the Queen in particular has, has you know, she never likes it uh, when there's discord in the family. Um, so I'm sure she'll find it very, very comforting and, and heartening to have her husband back. Have Buckingham Palace said anything officially, Jonathan? There's just been a, a, a brief uh, a brief statement acknowledging that he'd been discharged um, and and some words of thanks to the, the, the two hospitals that, that treated him from from the Duke, uh, those hospitals, King Edward VII in Marylebone and St Bartholomew's in, in the city where he had his heart procedure. 
and he's coming out of hospital just in time for lockdown coming to an end. So I do wonder if we might see even just a little bit of him out and about. I understand he's been self-isolating with the Queen at Windsor Castle. They have. They've they've been isolating in the Bubble Castle um, for for uh, many months now. I, I I suspect we won't see a lot of him because in fact since he retired from public duties a few years ago he's his public appearances have been fairly few and far between so i don't expect to see uh many public sightings of, of prince philip but i think just for the queen to have him around and you know the the rock that he is in in her life uh i you know she does still fulfill public duties obviously and and will do in public again hopefully quite soon when as lockdown lifts um, and I'm sure she will find it an enormous boost to her um, having her husband of 73 years, I think it is now. At least, if not by her side, then at home when she, she gets back. And that's the leader. We're back at 4pm tomorrow.